This is a podcast by The Straits Times. It is not quite the Olympics or the FIFA World Cup, but the National School Games in Singapore captures the imagination and frenzy all the same. Whatever the sport, whether it is football, rugby, basketball or floorball, student-athletes work hard on their craft, while teachers and coaches push them towards sporting excellence and character development. Hi, I'm ST Sports reporter Deepanraj Ganesan and this is ST Sports Talk. In this episode, we zoom in on school sports and the pursuits of student-athletes and the support they get from coaches and teachers. Joining me are members of the Victoria School's floorball team which clinched the boys' B Division gold in 2023. Floorball teacher and coach Lee Renji, co-floorball teacher Miss Mabel Sim and team captain Gerald Tan who chipped in with three goals in the final. Alright, welcome to the show guys. Uh, Renji, I'll start with you. Uh, how did your association with uh, Victoria come about? Um, basically, I was posted there as a teacher once I graduated from NIE. So I've been there ever since. It's uh, coming to 10 years now. Okay, so in your involvement with floorball, I mean, was it natural? I mean, first and foremost, need to make it quite clear to listeners that uh, Renji was a former vice-captain with the national team. So was that natural then that you came into uh, the school and you would take over floorball? I think there was a vacancy in the, in the sport. So I was actually the second teacher under the guidance of Mr. Kaha for a few years. Okay. So after that, then I took over the role of teacher in charge. Okay, sure. We'll hear more from you a bit later on. Mabel, you are also a teacher in charge for Victoria School's floorball team. Uh, how did that role come about? Previously, I was at another CCA and then I requested to be transferred to another CCA because I was just looking for something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was never really an athlete myself. So it was a bit like nerve-wracking when Runzi actually approached me because back then we were not really like good friends yet. Okay. And then asked me whether I was interested in coming into the team as a teacher in charge. So I contemplated for a few days and then I was like, okay, sure, why not? Let's try. And then, so after like two years plus, it has proven that a sports CCA is more suitable for me. Okay. Previously, I was in like uh, performing arts. Performing arts, okay. I think the obvious question on most people's mind and and my mind actually is that what actually does a teacher in charge do when it comes to a, a sport CCA? So maybe Renji and, and Mabel, you can give me more on that. Well, I believe first and foremost, one of the most important things is to look out for the students as um, human beings rather than sportsmen first. So first thing on my mind is always um, their behaviour, their attitudes and their schoolwork. Because I've been a student myself, I've made mistakes in the past. So I think we are in the best position to guide them or to lead them to where they need to be. And... Um, the performance on the field, that is uh, secondary. Okay. Uh, Renji has talked a lot about the human nature aspect of, of things. But for you, Mabel, if I may ask, in terms of being a teacher in charge, you know, already I would assume teachers are busy with their own schoolwork, right? So how much more administrative burden does it cause? And what keeps you going in, in this regard? Like what keeps you coming back to be a teacher in charge? Um, our CCA is thrice a week for trainings. Um, there's only two of us mm-hmm. currently. So we kind of split ourselves. But to be honest, Wenzi has been taking most of the first two sessions of the week because of my lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, on top of like coming to the CCA to take attendance, which a lot of teachers do. They just come and take attendance and make sure that everybody is safe mm-hmm. in the CCA, mm-hmm. right? For me, I don't see it as just that. Very honestly, I do believe in bonding with my students and making sure that overall their emotional well-being is being taken care of. Because sometimes you can really see in the body language and the facial expressions that something has happened on the mm-hmm. day or like 
then just check in with them, like what happened? Or are you okay? I think simple questions like that do help to assure them that we are listening and we are there for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, today's topic is all around uh, the school sports, national school games in, in particular. And I want to start there and I want to bring in Gerald first and foremost. Gerald, for you, what does NSG mean? What Why is the national school game so important to you guys? So national school games and like school sports in general, I feel is really important for students to have something outside of just studying. So playing these competitions, it really helps with like mental well-being and because it's usually something that the students will enjoy doing. So you are the captain of the floorball team. And how do you pick up the sport? Was this something that you were already playing much younger? Or, or how did it happen? Uh, so my parents exposed me to many, many sports when I was young. Like football, tennis and everything. So I just alternated between many sports. But my grandfather was actually the person who started like introducing me to floorball. And I started playing at home with him when I was like, three or four years old, oh, wow, so from okay. quite young, yeah. So when the opportunity came that my primary school, Cashewina Primary, had CCA floorball, mm-hmm. I was drawn to that like quite quickly. Okay, Renji, coming back to you, uh, what makes school sports or energy so special for you? Well, I think that, I mean, I've played at um, various levels, different sports, uh, different institutions, and something about the finality of the result maybe. So... For example, if you're playing in a, in a men's league, mm-hmm. like um, there's always, oh, never mind, we didn't win this year, there's always next year. You know, like Liverpool, they try and try again until they finally do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, no offence to <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah, understand. Liverpoolians. Or, mm-hmm. He's a Liverpool fan. Ah, they need to get Gerald out of the studio immediately. Yeah, yeah so, but yeah, so, I get what you yeah, mean. So mm. um, there's this saying last time when I was in um, NUS, you mm-hmm. know, in a hall game. So it's a last year, last chance. Mm. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. You know, the this is my last chance. I'm not going to be at this point in my life again. So this is um, so important for me to to do my best and to achieve something here. Have no regrets at all. Okay. Yeah. The second thing is probably the um, camaraderie in the school. So if I'm just uh, maybe I, I show up and play for you know a club team with no supporters and maybe the feeling is not as strong mm. because when you actually go for school games, you qualify for semis, finals. And the whole crowd is roaring for you. Yeah, the school usually mobilizes support and, and everybody goes down, yeah. Yeah, I think the atmosphere is quite electric for a lot of them. Mm. And even if um, not at the final or semi-final stage, you know, in the group stages, people are interested in what's your score. Correct, yeah. So, Mabel, for you, I mean, coming from a, a non-sport CCA to a sport CCA, did it surprise you, you know, how fervent the support was for the sport or you know how aggressive the, the players would get in terms of wanting to win did it surprise you at all um yes actually because i mean the physical sport compared to performing arts which is like generally quite peaceful mm-hmm. like when they are singing or like dancing is like a different vibe yep. the cheering from the audience and the crowd is just something that i've never really experienced before because like i said i wasn't really an athlete or anything like that I also never really watched any or supported any like sports club or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was very special for me, very different for me, especially after COVID when supporters could come down. I mean, me being the teacher, I have to tell my voice, right? That like, you know, all this sound, let it drown out. You have to take it as white noise. Even though I I think I'm the one more nervous than (laughs) than them. Yeah, Yeah, so I have to like, um, you know, calm them down in that sense. Okay. 
Uh, Gerald, you know, what does it mean to you to be a, a student athlete? Like, you know, I, I'm not sure if you have seen this, but I always see this like funny meme on social media where, you know, they will talk about how it feels shook when a student gets to walk out of class a bit earlier ahead of other students because he has a competition or a match on that particular day. But beyond that, what does it mean for you to compete for your school? By definition, I think when I see the phrase student athlete, is to be like a holistic student mm -hmm. before you fulfill your role as an athlete. So my teachers, Mr. Lee and Ms. Mabel, they really advocate this because Mr. Lee actually threatened to not play us in the match if we didn't like uphold our academic or holistic standards outside mm -hmm. of the court. So this really motivated us to work hard both on and off the court. Mm -hmm. And uh, as for the meme, I have seen it before. So do you feel shocked when you get to, to leave class uh, a it's bit like earlier? The feeling, you know, your leaving lesson is still not very good. Like, <laughs> you sure? You're going to skip. Sometimes you like, mm. sometimes you don't like. Okay. You skip the lesson then. But it is quite shocked. And you know the teachers are like supporting you. Mm. And as you're walking out, you get like well wishes and yep. good luck wishes, right? So knowing that the school like has your back and has your support is really nice. And and how's that feeling like, you know, of course, winning the, the title itself? Uh, I believe the final was played at our Tampanese Hub. Do you still remember how you felt playing in the game? I believe you scored a few goals as well to, to help your school to the, yeah. uh, to the victory. So, uh, just a bit of a backstory. Last year, we lost the B Division Finals. Mm -hmm. So, I think that was quite a huge blow to all of us. Just come back from COVID. Were you then, involved in that final? Yeah, ah, I, I did okay. play. So, we lost and it hit us quite hard. But it really, really did motivate us to come back stronger the next year. And this year, with the team, we we worked hard through the year. And at OTH, the support was quite amazing, mm -hmm. the atmosphere and everything. So some people may not believe me, but I really didn't feel nerves at all. Wow, like, okay. I expected to be nervous myself, but mm -hmm. I actually didn't. And so I just tried to help the rest because not all of them will feel the same way as me. Mm -hmm. They will be more nervous and just calm the team down, motivate, keep their heads in the game focused and yeah. Okay, you know you, know you talk about how uh, your teacher threatened to, to drop you if you guys were not performing academically. You know, it's easier said than done, right? I mean, of course, every student, you know, wants to be able to do well in, in school. But for you, how do you strike that balance between attending every training and also trying to do well in school? I mean, I, I assume it's, it's, it's a struggle, but how do you cope with it? Yeah, it's, it's really not very easy. Sometimes people on the outside may think like you can just split your sports and academic life and mm -hmm. into two different things. But it, it's not that easy. Like your athlete life will definitely permeate into your student life. Mm -hmm. So like exhaustion and everything. You come to lesson the next day, maybe not feeling so good, maybe tired. Mm -hmm. So you can't really focus in class. But if you put your mind to it, like you pay attention in class, be attentive. Those like small pockets of time that you have you need to utilize it for studying instead of like just relaxing. And so as long as you put your mind to it, you can enjoy both. So, so I'm going to put you in a bit of a difficult spot here. If a parent is listening in and is, you know, very apprehensive about sending their kid to go and pursue sports while they're in school, what would you tell that parent in terms of like, what do you enjoy most about being a student athlete and why is it crucial for someone else to pursue that same lifestyle? I think there are a few factors still like... Uh, the student's passion in both studies because you can't be you can't lean too much towards one side like you want to play sports sport and then you don't study at all you need to strike a balance still so to parents I, I feel you do need to keep your child like 
grounded and focused. Like studies is really still the number one priority as what Mr. Lee feels. So to have good teachers is also a very important, important thing. thing yeah. Yeah. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now back to my conversation with Renji, Mabel and Gerald. I'll, I'll come to the teachers now. I mean, for, for you guys, the same question. Uh, and I'm sure you, you hear this from some friends and from some quarters. Why is it important to allow a, a student to pursue sports even though, you know, studies is still important? Well, in, your, in your words, why is it important? Mm, firstly, as a parent, thanks for the advice, Gerald. Much appreciated. <laughs> okay, seriously, as a parent, right, I wouldn't say that, oh, um, sports is better than this or that mm. or something. I mean, if my son is interested in sports, so be it. But I think um, partaking in such activities, right, and interacting with people, it just prepares you so much for life. Even, let's say, if um, my son goes into dance or something, you know, the discipline, the passion and all that, it's still there. It's still there. So what parents really... Possibly, I mean, I'm, I'm just a new parent, so mm. I can't speak for all, but I think what we really need to do is to let our, um, our children explore, okay, let them make the mistakes, because up to today, I'm 30-something years old, I'm still making mistakes, so mm. it's all part of uh, growing up. So I don't think we should use studies or anything as a factor to you know, limit the opportunities that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, vice versa, I don't think also that sports should be used as an excuse to um, disregard studies. Um, what I always tell the boys is that you can't have one without the other. I think if you do well in your studies, then when you go for training, when you go for a game, right, your mind is at peace. Mm, yep. So there's nothing for you to worry about. Then you're performing at your best. But if you're struggling in a certain aspect of your life, maybe even outside of school, that's where uh, our performance is affected. So I think everyone should try to keep the balance. Okay. He talks about this balance, Mabel, but for you... When you realise, you know, certain students are not performing too well academically, like, how, how do you step in? How do you intervene? And also, like, why is it important that, you know, you're always kept aware of how your student is performing academically? Mm, for me, it's when I see or witness the attitude and the personalities of the boys on court in CCA compared to when they were they are in class. Because a lot of teachers, I mean, teachers, I mean, the staff room is pretty small. They talk about students a lot of time. They discuss about like, hey, you know, your floorballer this mm. or like your so-and-so that. They do present a perspective that me as a CCA teacher, I don't really see. And they also don't see the side of the student athlete when they are on court. So what surprised me is that, you know, sometimes I do teach some of them uh, in my own subject area. And then uh, you do realise that sometimes the kind of like sloppy attitude is completely different when they are playing floorball. So that surprised me a lot. Okay. And um, I mean, in the beginning, it kind of like puzzled me a little bit like, oh, you know, why is it so different? And I realised that, you know, because CC is such an important thing to them, they have their friends there, they have their teammates there, and it just makes their day better. And to me, I got a little bit less angry at them uh, when I realised that they can be a completely... I wouldn't say different person, but it's still them. It's just another dimension of them that we have not seen yet. Yeah, okay. for many teachers. Okay. So that um, made me look at things very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't really like stereotype and say like, oh, you know, this boy always sleeping in my class or whatever. And then like when he comes to CCA, it's so different. So that's why communication between teachers are so important. You know, do, subject teachers do come to us knowing that they are like our CCA boys and we do invest a lot of time 
an effort to talk to them. And then uh, sometimes we do engage parents as well. For me personally, we actually both Renzi and I, we do look at their results all the time. Mm. So we'll go and fish out all our floorballers and look at their results and see where they are not performing. Of course, it's not just like, oh, if they're failing means we straight away determine that they are not doing well, they never study, they're lazy. We do ask first, like what happened? So it could be that, oh, just this particular topic, um, he's just not strong at it. But, uh, whereas another topic, he did very well. So we do look at like things in general uh, quite holistically. And uh, when they're not performing that well, we do sometimes get them to... Uh, in their free time or instead of three times a week training, we cut it down to two and then oh. the third time training, they will come to me and I'll monitor them when they're studying. Okay. Yeah, okay. so so in a way, they are still under my care mm. but it's just, I, it is a lot more work to layer such things but we think that it's important. Lah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, Gerald, for you, when I ask you about, um, you know, memorable moments being a student athlete, uh, what, what ranks is number one? Of course, I think winning the BDF title, it doesn't get better than that. But beyond that, what are some memorable moments you've had as a student athlete? I, I really try to cherish every training. Like, after BDF ended, I'm not with the team anymore. Mm-hmm. But through the BDF journey, through like one year plus, like my team this year is really a very tightly banded team. Okay. Like, genuinely off the court, we are like really good friends and mm-hmm. we will go out with each other, have fun together. So... I think that's what made it like so much more special this year because like we wanted to end it off end this like relationship with each other off on a good note. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's like really the, the bonds and the relationships we create along the way is like really memorable. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I just want to get your perspective on this. You know, every time when we look at the, the history of, of champions in, in NSG, in certain sports is usually very similar schools. Like for example, rugby, uh, it's always between St. Andrews or ACSI. Floorball, Victoria is, is quite strong in, in floorball across not just B division but in C division as well. A couple of other sports where certain schools are always number one or number two. How does that happen though? You know, because every year you get a new batch of students that they come in, right? And it's not it's it's easy to say, oh, because they got DSA or or because they are able to get the best or the best in. How do you maintain or have a winning tradition in that sense? Well, I think DSA is um to me, it's a, it's a moot point, whether okay. you have DSA or not. I mean, at the end of the day, students come under your care with uh, different abilities. Some schools get some better players in certain years. Uh, VS does get a better pick of players, so to speak, at a young age. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the building a championship team, it's really not easy. And um, there are a few things that we try to get right. Number one, I think we have this mantra in the school that we do the small things right. So um, we try to get every little thing, you know, even down to the colour of the socks that we wear so we can see each other better on court. Small, small things like that. So I try to be as uh, detailed as I can in the preparation of the boys. You know, they have a towel on the bench where they put their towel. You know, Mm. um, small things like that to me are, are really very important. Second thing is the training mentality. So there's another saying in VS... If you cannot win the games that don't matter, you will never win the games that do. So every training game is like a cup final in itself. So you will see the boys going all out to kill each other and Mm -hmm. just to win a training game. And then some people might look from the outside and think, hey, why are they they like that? But, you know... um, it's about setting the, the right attitude from the start. Uh, This is how... I I, I believe... I I don't know if this is the formula, but this is... um, this is what we believe in in the team. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, winding down the conversation, Gerald, you know, you've talked about floorball. I can see the passion you have for the sport. Of course, your BDF journey has come to an end, but, you know, what's next? You know, what are your future ambitions in the sport? So, uh, I definitely set more long-term and short-term goals for myself. So, after BDF, next year, so I'm in the IP program, so hopefully I, I'll go to VJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there will be the ADIF yep. tournament, which I think every competition you play, you, you aim for champions, you aim for the best. So there's national under-19 team mm-hmm. that the trials should be coming out this year. And I've been wanting to achieve that for a very long time. So I will try for that and see where that gets me. National team is obviously the goal in the end. I've always set quite a high standard for myself, in my opinion. Okay. So... You, you can set dreams, but they need to be realistic. And after, hopefully, I get the national team, then I will work from there. Okay. Uh, you know, clearly, you know, this this is an ambition he has set up for himself. Uh, but when students, you know, you realise that are quite skilled in, in the particular sport, as teachers, what can you guys do or what kind of conversations do you guys have with the students to encourage them to pursue the sport beyond for example, you know, he, he's talking about the under-19 trial, under-18 trials. But what can you do to support them? And do you have these conversations with uh, your students? Yeah, we most definitely do. So every year towards the end of the year, um, I try to have conversations with as many of the sec force as possible. In recent years, I try to have conversations with all of them. So we, we try to sit down and figure out together what's the next step. Not everybody who is good in floorball will want to continue playing floorball. And that's okay. It's not a problem at all. But um, as a teacher, I think we are just here to give them the options, provide the platforms and not strong-arm them into doing something that is not really what they want. Yeah, but we also have a, a little bit more perspective than, than the boys. So yep. we are able to give them proper advice on the pathway that we think is the most suitable for them. So at this point, their concern is uh, A-levels or poly or IT or whatever. And then also some of them might think of switching sport. So from a, from an outside perspective, I think we are able to give them the advice. But as I said earlier, the choice is their own. They will make their own path and they will take ownership for it. Okay. Maybe I'll end things off with you. You have the freshest perspective when it comes to school sports. You know, why is school sports so important to you? I think this goes back to that point that I mentioned that uh, we are able to see a side of them that we have never really seen. Um, and the drive, the motivation, the 110% that they give on the court is really uh, just amazing to me. Because there are really players where I see they once they step across the board, they go into the court and they just fight all the way until their shift. They come out panting, almost fainting. And then you just give them a tap on their back, tell them that they have done a good job, drink water, and then they go in again and do the same thing. So this just amazes me all the time. And the discipline is uh, not just in the sport, really it has to be applied across uh, all areas of your life. Uh, So I think that's important because it is a life skill. Alright, once again, thank you guys for coming into the studio. Gerald, I wish to see you back in the studio someday as a national team floorball player. All the best to you in that regard. Hope so too. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.